0: Welcome to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I'm your host, Steve Copeland, and thank you for tuning in. Let's have a great day. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you. Well, today is episode 234. Right Thinking with Steve Copeland is very pleased to announce that this week's show is called Insurance. Are you covered? With guest Johnny Lloyd. Tune in here, Steve and Johnny continue their series, Right Thinking, Life, Money, Relationships. This week, taking a look at how important it is to have a good insurance program in your life. Think you can't afford it? Think twice as you understand the consequences when something goes really wrong. Good morning, Johnny. Thanks for being with us.
1: Good morning, Steve. I'm excited about the direction we're going to take and the insight that we're going to provide.
0: Well, Johnny... I guess this is the eighth part of the series that we've done now. Uh, let me let me count them. Let's see, one, two, three, four. I think it's the eighth. I lost track. Five, six, seven. It's the ninth, Johnny. My how time flies when you're having a good time. Well, you know, Johnny, I want to go back to the basics again. Today we're talking about insurance, and a lot of people don't think a whole lot about insurance because. Wherever they're at with their life, it's just something that it's one of those things, certain things you got to do. But there's so much more about insurance that a lot of people aren't thinking about that could really help them have a better life. So that's my basics. Everything we're doing is geared toward just managing your finances your money, and your finances, your planning of how it all fits together. You know, we've covered so many different things up to today's uh, uh, episode. But the point is, what we really are doing here is we're trying to get people thinking about things that they might not have been thinking about, thinking about things that they could do to make it even better when they get a little more uh, aware, get more disciplined. And ultimately... The tools that we're providing will help them manage their affairs in a way that all of a sudden it's like better, less stress, starting to see things happen that I didn't think would ever happen and what a wonderful feeling it is and and some of the people that that are listening you know they're doing very well they're stable and I point out almost every every week pass it on to other people, and that's all we're trying to do is get it in the forefront of your mind so that if you've got a really good program that you live by in all aspects of your financial life, pass it on to your children, pass it on to your friends, pass it on to people that you know could benefit. And that's just all Johnny and I are trying to do for you. If you're a person, though, that's in the proverbial trapped in some kind of a box that you don't think you can get out of, we are promising you, we are guaranteeing you that you can. You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I said that a couple weeks ago. No matter how bad your situation is, if you start now, you're going to have it improve. So let's get back onto that. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to go from today insurance. Um, we're going to be talking about medical, the effect of uh, uh, the, the, the everything medical that goes on in your life. Health issues, you know, my, medical crises, all that stuff. And, and some of that will come out today as we talk about insurance because health insurance is a, is a key part of, of insurance that fits into your medical uh, your, your health life there. But, but Johnny, the, the last couple weeks or the next couple weeks that we're going to be getting into, you made a comment last week that really summed it up beautifully and I want I want to repeat it. in the last 10 minutes of last week's show on debt, you talked about building wealth. See that's what we're really trying to do. Is we're trying to get people out of this uh, Robin Peter to Pay Paul, which was the name of the show a couple of weeks ago, hand to mouth kind of stuff to where you can actually start to understand what what wealth is for you. And so so we're we're leading into that. And hopefully when people look back over the series they'll go, you know, they really opened up my eyes to a lot of things and and I like I like what Johnny and Steve brought into my life. We hope we can do that for you. So without further ado, let's talk about insurance. So Johnny, you know, in my uh, in my introduction, I, I ended it with, if you think you can't afford it, think twice as you understand the consequences when something really goes wrong. So what we really wanna focus on is this is not a seminar in all aspects of insurance. We're going to talk about a lot of parts of insurance in your life we might leave some out we're not insurance salesmen here we are make your life better type friends and uh, so with that said again not a seminar but just try to open up your eyes to the importance of insurance take a good look at your life to see if you're properly insured in case something goes wrong in your life so johnny uh, let me start off with uh i'm going to give you eight or nine ten types of insurance and then you just take it from there as long as you want. And then we'll, we'll see where it goes. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Car. Car insurance. Motorcycle insurance. Boat insurance. Health insurance. Homeowner's insurance. Umbrella insurance. Travel insurance. Flood insurance. Life insurance. Dental insurance. Eye insurance. Sports insurance. Medicare. Medicaid Supplemental insurance prescription insurance automobile goes down to standard non-standard high risk uninsured motorists, full liability, collision only. those are just a few that come to my mind as i as I talk about insurance. Johnny, what are your thoughts on insurance coverages for a, a person, single person perhaps, and a a, a family person um, a difference again between single versus married, young versus old. What are your What are your thoughts about insurance in a person's life?
1: Uh, insurance, first of all, um, you listed all of those, and there are so many more because people have pet insurance and all that. I did a TikTok this week on um, the fact that not having um, pet insurance whether it be in your renter's policy or your homeowner's policy, and you have this wonderful animal that you absolutely love and part of the family. However, if they lash out and, be, and bite someone, it could cost you a fortune. <laughs> it could, literally, I did not know how big it cost. So let's talk about um, the fact of buying insurance versus what you get, and I'm gonna use that example. So in my uh, review, it said it can cost anywhere from 40 on the low end, to $60,000 if someone gets bitten by your pet, by your dog, for an example. So in your renters, and you have to make sure you are covered, just because you have renter's insurance, you need to know what's in it. If you have a pet, make sure your pet is covered. If you have homeowner's insurance and you have a pet, make sure your pet is insured in it and covered in it if something happens with that. So now that won't cover your pet medical stuff, that's a different type of insurance, right? So my point for saying uh, anything about insurance is this. When When you shift your life, when you step off and be going from living with someone else, and even before then moving forward, you need to insure. Now, what I tell my clients is this. I have some clients that recently, or have young children, and one just recently had a baby. I said, get the baby life insurance now. And so, the first thing they said was, ah, no, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh. because sometimes in people's mind, when you get insurance, it's almost like asking the thing to happen. It's like, you're not going to die because you have life insurance. Honestly, isn't, that's, not, that's not the trigger that's going to happen. However, when you get a life insurance for a young infant, then they don't have to work. They will never be able to be turned down for insurance in their future. Then let's talk about you having insurance, especially in a crisis environment like we're in. There are some times when you end up with certain problems or medical conditions, that you end up having a higher policy premium because of your history. So when you get insurance, when you're all wonderful and healthy, or when you're very young, insurance can cost you less money. And that is key to me because it's about being covered. It's about having an umbrella. You're in the rain. Life is rain you need insurance to cover yourself so that, yeah, you can enjoy the rain out there, but it's not pouring down on you and you getting wet, okay? Because most people don't have enough money set aside in a bank account to cover things like that. And then I'll tell you a couple personal things. During this pandemic, uh, there were people that um, succumbed to it that nobody had any idea. I mean, they were young, they were older, they, whatever the situation was. There was a couple in uh, specific um, to me that people were looking for people to help them bury the person. Your family, when something like that happens, the family is already grieving. The last thing you want your family to be dealing with in the midst of a great loss is how are we going to put away or to um, bury our loved one? They have a lot of pressure on them already. So you don't want, it's that to happen in your family. So like Steve said earlier, you may be covered. You may have great insurance. But you know, Bobby Sue or Sally or whoever or Jim may not have any insurance. You can just get into a casual relationship. I mean, talk and you're all laughing and talking. You can then bring it up. You can bring up the things we're saying. And did you know? Did you know that putting someone in the ground is, is, is expensive Did you know that it's not taxable, especially if you're in the state in Virginia and other states, that whatever the person gets back uh, is, when I say get back, I'm saying um, the money that they receive from a policy would cover, uh, is not taxable to them on the federal or the state. Did you know that? Did you know if you're married? Let's talk about marriage for just a minute, Steve, if I may. So, you, I mean, this is July, in June and July, most people, a lot of people are getting married. Like I told y'all before, I had a friend recently, her daughter got married this past weekend, right? So newlyweds, all that love bouncing around in the air. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that you need insurance? Can we talk about the fact that less than 47% of most households have insurance? Can we talk about the fact that If something happens unexpectedly to either one of you, if you have a mortgage, how is that covered, right? Can we talk about the fact that if you have children, how are they going to be taken care of if something happens? Can we talk about how much debt you may have? So you would be leaving this person that you love with all of these responsibilities and you don't want to do that. You don't want to leave your husband or your wife or your significant other. You don't want to leave anybody with additional pressure in the middle of them grieving. So just consider that. And then I'm gonna say this for, especially the military that may be listening, make sure that your policy that the military has on you has the right benefactor. I used to work in that space and sometimes the women and men Forgot to change when their life changed. They forgot to change the benefactor on their money. When you do that, and this is not just for middle years, everybody. When you do that, they have no other choice but to pay who you say it to be paid. It's not optional. It's not a battle. It is. I mean, unless Steve knows know something? I don't know. This. That's not a. That's not a joke. So we had in one case, we had a guy who had. Been, was divorced, but he had children, of course. Well, in this case, he had children. Um, And his his previous wife ended up with all the resources because he never changed his paperwork. There was nothing anybody could do, nothing. So make sure not only that you have insurance, but if you already have insurance, make sure the benefactors in the insurance and you're covered properly. Now, I went back to the scenario with the umbrella. It's, it's great to have an umbrella, but if you have a bunch of holes and cut marks in the umbrella because you don't have it right, you still gonna get wet. <laughs> you still gonna get wet. So make sure not only are you protected, but you're protected based on your current situation today. And what I tell people is, at least once a year, like you have New Year's resolutions or whatever, look at your life, how you're covering your family in that. Look at that as a renewal to just look at, you know, is your will right, is your insurance coverage right? All of those things, because anytime you're not covered, then that means that your risk factor is open and your liability for someone to come in and, and take things or to attach things uh, or to uh, come after things that you've worked hard for. You don't want that to happen. So Steve, I know you have, I, I just opened up Pandora's box with a bunch of stuff. So uh, bring, let's bring it in. <laughs>
0: That that was a wonderful response to my asking you to kind of open up the conversation on insurance today. Yeah. And you know, you brought up three right off the bat, pet renters and funeral expense. And, um, but you know what, again, this is not, we're not insurance salesmen. I'm stressing that point again. There's a concept that we need to talk about though. That's based on a person's character everything we're talking about is character. And maybe that's a value statement. Maybe that's subjective. What I just said, if a person goes through life, not thinking about the well-being of their family, if something were to happen to them, to me, that's poor character just because it's a selfishness that I don't think is a good quality. But here's, here's what I really want to get into. Everything you said leads me into this. If you look at what stability is, go back to my topic papers and the first couple episodes of this series. What are your goals? What are your priorities? Now, not everybody's family-oriented. Some people don't want to have a family. They just want to go out in life and live it to the fullest. And, um, you know, that's fine. If that's what they want to do, fine. We're still going to help you do your budget, make sure that you can, can, can cover things. But what we're getting at here is this. There are many, many ways that you can take what your life priorities are and align them with how you spend your money. And so how you spend your money on insurance, that's getting kind of into the trenches because a lot of young people in particular, they they can't afford much insurance. And some people are so concerned about having plenty of insurance that they might be going overboard for that phase of their life. And there, there's a name for that. That's called insurance poor, where you have tons of insurance, but but you're not doing many other things because you're just too concerned. And you can add to some of it later. First of all, getting insurance for the infant, uh, getting insurance when you're young, the word that you spoke to guaranteed insurability. And, and I, I was given that concept when I was a very young person because let me tell you, nobody wants to think it's going to happen to you. But if you get a terminal illness, you're uninsurable for certain things at that point. And, and you know, what Johnny and I bring to you is uh, we, we've got a certain we've got a certain knowledge base here from experience. We both work. You know, we're both accountants. We both work and finance our whole careers. But we go beyond just working in finance. You know, we. We care about people. We do a lot of things outside of just our career, of course. But we bring a lot of personal situations that we've gone through. And I'm like, hey, I'm the poster child for Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Uh, light the night you know, for cancer survivors and people that have been recently diagnosed with cancer that want to survive. But what I want to tell you is, is that I was diagnosed with my illness at right about uh, 50 years old. Uh, just in my mid, between 50 and 51 years old. Uh, my birthday is in July. I was diagnosed in uh, in, in February, I think, uh, before I turned 51. Just less than one year earlier, I took out a million-dollar term term life insurance policy that was a policy that it was time that I could finally afford a high coverage because at that point, uh, my my kids were at an age where I wanted to have, in case something happened to me. See, let me just go back to this. This is what we're talking about here. If you're making good income and you're spending it, and you, I gave an example in an early, early, early lesson here that of a person that, hey, I I don't want to think about savings yet. I don't want to think about investing yet. Well, insurance is probably one of the single best investments that you can make because the rate of return is phenomenal. I mean, think about it. Uh, On my million dollar life insurance policy, my premium was $1,300 a year level, $1,346 a year for 10 years. I took a level term policy that was very affordable for 10 years, but then it went up dramatically. It went from $1,346 a year for this flat million dollars, it didn't have any cash value. We'll talk about that in a detail in a moment, what cash value is. But it was just a term policy that basically has a death benefit. And so I said, you know what? Just like you, you said, Johnny, if something were to happen to me at a at that stage of my life, and I were to die, I would want my family to be able to continue living what they call the lifestyle that they're accustomed to. You don't want them to suffer the loss of a loved one and then all of a sudden be uprooted from, they can't afford to live in that house anymore, they can't do whatever, their whole life changes overnight. So what you want to do is you want to fund their future if you're not here, and that's what life insurance is all about. But this particular policy, it was a million dollar coverage, it was affordable to me, just 1300 about a little over dollars, $100, $100 a month, and, I, and for 10 years, I could afford it. Now, when it got to the type of policy that that was going to cost $10,000 a year, and then it went up a little over $1,000 a year for the next 8 to 10 years when I kept the policy, that's very hard to afford. That's $1,000 a month, not $100 a month but it's a transition. The term policy at that stage of your career is a transition policy to where you're covered without having savings. If something were to happen to you, the death benefit kicks in. Look at the rate of return. What if I had paid on it for, say, a year, $1,300, and then I died and my family got a million dollars? You're not ever going to get a return like that in any other way, no matter what you do, even if you bought some kind of technology stock that went crazy, you know, in the first year or two. Well, the concept, though, is, is that you want to use term insurance to get you through that period to where you're, you're young and establishing yourself, getting your first house, maybe whatever, get your career going. But then you're not going to be able to afford that kind of coverage, so hopefully you will be able to have coverage that is what they call convertible to where you turn it into a policy that has a a cash value in it that you can make a make a you can pay something and as you pay it the policy after a certain point in time will give you the the death benefit and it will grow into a a savings type of an investment account. I'm going to talk about that later, but first of all I just want you to be thinking as far as your priorities go right now, do you care so much about your family, your loved ones, that if something were to happen to you, you want them to be comfortable at least the best that you can? And insurance is what that's for. But if you don't care about that, then, hey, I still love you. But, uh, you know, we will help you. We'll help you budget your money. But we want you to be thinking about other people. We really do. Okay, Johnny. Let me just stop on that and throw it back to you for a minute because that's you really got into. You know, the the, the loss, the funeral, the guaranteed insurability, and uh, that pet insurance concept is a uh, that's gone off the charts the last couple of years with people that are just loving on their pets and uh, they want them. You know, they're like a family member. Uh, you know, we've buried we've buried dogs in a pet cemetery throughout my whole life because. They're family members. Okay. So, Johnny, I um, brought up the concept of insurance poor. Will you want to talk about that for a moment?
1: Yeah. Um, so, based on what you talked about as far as insurance poor is, um, it sounds like when a person is in that realm, they may be fearful. So, the question when you're going after too much insurance and not being able to meet your obligations and commitments. And if you haven't um, seen the previous uh, show that we did, please go back and look at that. But the obligations and commitments are the most current requirement. So if you find yourself in a position where you have amazing insurance, whatever the title number is, because you're young and you went out for this huge policy, but you're having problems paying or living your life right now. And when I say that, please, that doesn't mean taking 50,000 trips or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you're having a problem with your rent. You're having a problem with your utilities. Then go back and look at your insurance coverage and ensure that it is reasonable. So the way you look at insurance being reasonable, especially for those who are married on both sides. See, this is not just about your husband or the bread, I'm gonna call breadwinner, having insurance. It's also about maybe she's a stay-at-home mom or he's a stay-at-home mom, whoever it is. You have to look at both sides of it, right? You want to be covered, but you don't want to be drowned by insurance, you know? So being insurance poor is is not where we're leading you, and it's not what we recommend. What we are recommending, though, is this, is when you look at whatever your requirements are for your household, and so when I look at someone who is a stay-at-home parent, you would have but the other per- person is working all the time, right? But you need somebody to take care of the kids. So have you considered what that would cost? Let's say the person stays at home and and you don't have a person coming in and cleaning the house. Does that mean that you're gonna clean the house? No, that may mean somebody else is gonna come in and clean. So when you look at it, don't just look at how much money the the person is making on a uh, monthly or annual basis and try to replace that You can't replace the person. Let's first of all say that. We know you cannot replace the person. However, look at all the things the person is bringing to the table. Look at how your lifestyle is. Look at that you don't want them to have to move, as Steve alluded to. You don't want your family to have to pick up and move to a smaller place or another area because their life has already been disrupted. Then let's look at the other side. Let's not say it's death. Let's say it's it's uh, it's uh health. He, he talked about that. So some people have um, insurance and in the middle of um, certain diagnoses, they can get a portion of the insurance for the current time to help deal with that diagnosis, right? Based on what kind of insurance you have. Then you would look at the fact that what about, losing your job, when I say losing your job, I'm saying you, you can't work. So look at um, liability insurance that's covered for you not being able to work. Now, I'm not telling you all this so you can go out and buy a bunch of insurance. Let's start, just like we did the budget, just like we did other things. You want to build an emergency fund. You want to do all those things that we brought up, right? However, you don't want to be in a situation where you're not covered. This is the deal. Most people look at insurance and say, well, if I have car insurance, I'm okay. And then they'll bring down uh, the car insurance to a point where, uh, you know, let's say you don't have a payment on it, so all they do is liability. But are you covered if somebody's not insured? So just look at all of those things as possible. And I'm gonna call it this word, and I hope it connects with people, is look at your risk versus your reward. Look at the risk factor that you have, and then look at the reward. For an example, uh, and and this may or may not apply, if a person has, and I'm going to say this, if a person has a million dollars in the bank, and they're paying, let's say, a thousand dollars a month on a policy, if you can leave the million dollars untouched, and know that that is your coverage for insurance, then a person could do that. But let me tell you the difference in having, uh, whether it be a house or having an asset and saying, well, I'm, I got them covered because I have this asset that's going to cover them. Or remember, they have to sell the asset unless it's cash. And if it is cash, then remember there are ramifications from that. Uh, then the other thing is, again, I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but I don't want you to, to miss what I said, is that the, the money that a person receives from an insurance uh, death benefit is not taxable. Did you hear me? It is not taxable to the state or either the federal. And I'm saying this from the sp- perspective that I am in Virginia. I can't tell you about your state. (laughs) I can only tell you about, I'm gonna tell you about Virginia. It's not taxable. And I'm saying that because that's huge. Because if somebody gives somebody or they work and make a million dollars, they have taxes and all that other stuff connected to it. So look at that and look at how they get it. Look at all of those dynamics. And that's why we're talking about money. Because you want to be a great steward of everything you have, a million dollars is honestly not a lot of money based on the way you spend it. A person can get a million dollars today and be broke tomorrow if they spend a million and one. So it's not just about the, it's not just about the income or the insurance. We're saying ensure your brain by learning these principles of financial uh, stewardship And, um, so that when money comes in or when you make decisions about how your money goes out, that you do it from a place and I'm gonna call it this where you're sober. And when I say sober, we're not, we're not talking about liquor or anything. We're talking about where you're not emotionally making decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Okay. So just think about that. And think about how many years you would like to have your family taken care of so that they didn't have to worry about anything but healing from losing whoever uh, has passed. Think about that. And so, again, for the people who are newlyweds or the people who are married, don't cover just one person, cover both people with insurance because. I've heard people say, well, I'm not leaving her all that money, but you love her enough to, to bring your money into the household. You want her to protect it, or I'm not leaving him all that money, but you love him enough to bring your, your money into the household, so make sure that he doesn't or she doesn't have to get married or leave the situation that they can grieve uh, the loss right where they're at, and I don't want to just stay there. Let's talk about some other, let's talk about some other insurances, because it's not just about death, it's about other liability insurance, right? You need health coverage. I mean, and and I'm going to talk a minute about uh, car insurance, because a lot of times um, car companies, and remember, we're not insurance agents, but car companies, you can get a discount for having more than one Vehicle covered, you get a second vehicle, a third vehicle uh, discount, right? However, if those people don't live in that household, you need to make sure your coverage will, is right because you just can't put people just because they're your children or whatever, you just can't put them on your policy and think it's okay when they don't live. That is not their residence. Some policies will you can't have a negative impact on your policy if that is the case. So you have to know what you have. And I'm not telling you to, to read the 5,000 pages. I'm telling you to ask questions and then have, and then say, well, where is that in my policy? And you circle it because the person you're dealing with should know so that they can identify it so you don't have to read everything. But, but know what you need, that's the key. Know what you need. Same thing as a budget, right? Know what you need. You need to know what you need. And then you can look at all the extra stuff because it's wonderful to have the extra, but if you don't have the basic needs met, there's a problem. So just be careful of that. And so, Steve, uh, what do you think about that?
0: Uh, you know, for not being an agent, you know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're bringing up an awful lot of wonderful stuff. Um, let me go back to the life insurance just for a second, put a put an end on that. So I bought that term policy. It had a provision in it that was called convertible to whole life. And years later, when I was into my, uh, my incurable terminal illness, that means it's a protracted illness that there's no cure for it. And, you know, it's, that's, that's a major drain on finances. I can speak from insurance to have one that just doesn't go away, um, And so eventually I was on the verge of losing my house and my lawyer told me something that I did not know. And this is obscure. I hope none of you have a terminal illness and you got to do this, but there's a thing called a life settlement to where there are companies out there that will, will take over the premium. Like that policy got to $18,000 a year, unaffordable for me. I was having, you know, I just couldn't afford it. I did, I did everything I could to keep the policy alive. But at one point, when I had a, a five and a half year diagnosis and I've, I've I'm outliving it. Uh, thank God for that. But, but, you know, it's incurable. I went to the doctor just yesterday and he says, I'm doing just fine right now, but, but you never know when it might come back. And so my family and I, we live with the knowledge that, you know, something might happen to me, but I want to make sure that I take care of my family. But bottom line is this life settlement was we got a broker and there's companies out there that buy insurance policies, life insurance policies on people that, that have terminal illnesses. And there was this bid process. And long story short, it took four years to do it. Won't get into all the details right now. But we sold that life insurance policy and it had that feature that it was convertible to whole life where they could just keep making the premiums on it. And then when I die, they are the beneficiary. So they gave a lump sum to to me through my agent. He got a commission, but that, that was a major infusion in my finances that I was able to clear up an awful lot of debt that I was carrying, a whole lot of different things that I was doing. And so life insurance can be used like that. And with that one concept, I had a policy. I have very few regrets in my life, Johnny. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot wrong, but I don't kick myself too hard. I just try to learn and ask for forgiveness. But here's my thing. I got a policy when I was about 34 years old that was just a, uh, a, a whole life, what they call extraordinary life policy. It, it had a savings component in it when you made your premium and it had, a, it had a death benefit in it. And I paid on it for only four years. It was very affordable. It had a $100,000 death benefit. I paid on it for four years and then I, I couldn't afford payments for a while. I didn't have to make payments. The dividends in the policy that they give you self-perpetuated the policy so that the, the policy dividends were reinvested and paying off my term policy. And it gets complicated, but here's, the, here's the, 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 the Cliff Notes version of it. I paid on that policy and it created cash value, which means there was a, there was a, a sum of money cash that I owned and that would grow and I had to quit making premiums but I didn't I didn't make a premium on that policy for about 12 years I just let it be dormant but it always had a death benefit and the cash value didn't grow very much because I wasn't putting my premiums in and then at one time I got to where I could start paying premiums and I paid on it had I paid on that policy all the way back to when I started it about 35 years ago that policy would be worth $465,000. I checked it just the other day. That policy right now is worth less than $100,000 to me, but I've had loans against it over the last couple of years when I've been struggling. And here's the best thing that I can tell you. If if nothing else in this show on insurance is this piece of advice that I've learned in my life, my one of my few regrets. I wish I'd found a way to just pay those premiums and had that death benefit go up. And the cash value would have been that kind of money. I could have borrowed against it. And the, and the death benefit kept getting higher and would have got higher, higher, and higher. And my cash value would have been in the hundreds of thousands of dollars if I had made my premiums. But here's, here's what that policy did for me, even though I didn't pay on it enough. The money that was built up into that cash value, and there were a number of years where I did pay premiums, the policy had a cash value of about five, six years ago of 130 or so thousand dollars. That's my money. And, um, and the death benefit had risen up also. And so my estate had money in it that if something were to happen to me, I had a life insurance policy that would come back to my family, which would be a tidy sum of money. When I ran into a financial crisis several years ago for the umpteenth time because of my illness, I was able to borrow money from my own policy and not pay premiums and have that policy still have the death benefit and you can borrow up to about ninety five percent of what your cash is in it because the dividends each year will keep paying paying the coverage for your death benefit. Too many complications in this example, but what I'm trying to tell you is imagine not having credit good enough to consolidate your debts that we taught last week. Imagine not having enough credit to really get the kind of financing that you need for something. If you've got an insurance policy that has a cash value in it, and there's different names for these, whole life, extraordinary life, universal life, if you've got that kind of coverage, you don't need to have good credit to borrow money. It's your money, and they charge interest on it against your own money, which dilutes the, uh, the amount of premium that it's paying on your behalf. But the bottom line is, it's your money. You're your own bank. You can tap into it anytime you want up to a certain amount. It's there for all your emergencies, and you still have a death benefit. If you have a loan against your own policy, it comes out of the death benefit when if you die. So if your death benefit's up to $160,000 and you owe eighty five dollars or $90,000, the insurance company pays off the loan against your policy and the death benefit is reduced. But do you hear the financial wisdom of having good life insurance that you know how to use? I've been able to borrow against that policy. When I sold the one to the life settlement where I got a large sum of money about five years ago, I paid off the loan on the other policy so that I went from having the coverage that now I got money for the coverage. I no longer had that coverage. But I was able to totally restore the the other policy and bring the death benefit up to about $180,000 at the time. So I'm managing my finances. I'm looking at my cash flow. I do what I can afford. I knew my cash flow wouldn't allow me to make full premiums for a period of time because I had other things that I had to do because of high medical bills, et cetera. But as long as I'm looking at it ahead of time, I can make these determinations. I didn't want to go off of paying insurance premiums because it was diluting the death benefit. But at this stage of my life, my wife and I decided it's more important to keep the house that we live in than to worry about how much she's going to get if I die. And so the good news for me is is that that I tapped into, you know, I finally qualified for full Social Security at 70, the maximum amount and that's going to provide a decent income for my wife to supplement whatever else I have in my estate when it comes. We're going to be talking about estate planning, and we're going to be talking about medicals at at, at great length. So the, the health insurance coverage, Johnny, let's defer that to next week's show and tie that into medicals, because without adequate health insurance coverage, you're not going to be able to have all that you need for prescription drugs and doctor's visits and your your health might deteriorate because you're not getting proper care because you can't afford it. So Johnny, let's take the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes to the show and not go into medical yet. We'll wait till next week on that. Right. Okay. I've, co- I've covered part of the investment build your wealth component that we're going to get deep into when we get back into investing in two weeks okay
1: okay so I have um it's interesting that you brought that up because because uh, you know how we tr- um play off each other so there's two things that really um came up when you were talking about that this is one thing sometimes you're in a situation that um that you want to put money aside for your child to go to school right so and i'm just going to do this as a scenario i'm not telling you to do this this is a scenario this is a possibility for you to think about when you talk to an agent and you maybe can do a 2 for 2 for 1 kind of thing so if you did a whole life policy that you could use, that you're that you could use to offset the debt of school when your child gets older, you would have a life insurance policy for them, right? And you could have the possibility they could do a loan against the life, uh, the cash value of the policy and pay for their school without going into heavy debt. That's a two, four, one is what I'm telling you. So you have this amazing life insurance policy for your child. Whole life, though, is very important. That savings. You do.
0: A savings component.
1: A savings component of it. And then you'll be able to do that. So just look at that kind of thing. Now, the other thing Steve brought up, I don't want you to miss, is the type of insurance he was talking about when he talked about Medicare is a socials type of system, which is insurance still, because when you get to a certain age, the government will cover you and provide certain um, benefits because you've worked the 35 years or whatever, what the benefits are connected based on what you've done for Social Security. So that's a social insurance type system. So there are some social systems that are sitting out there for the benefit of Everybody that meets the requirements, and you want to make sure that um, that is something that you think about when you think about your long term planning. You want to look at everything that is available to you and make the best decisions ever. Now, I don't know if you heard Steve also say that he waited to get Social Security and he was considering the the potential death benefits that uh, his wife would get the highest uh, rate and all of that. He made some decisions, right? So this is the deal. Remember, if you go after Social Security, as soon as it's available, that there are are situations there are limits as to how much income you can make. Just keep that in mind. And then, um, or once you go over a number, there are some dynamics about that. So when you wait and you get the maximum amount, there may be a benefit to you. So always go in and ask the professional. Can I just give you a word of wisdom? Ask professionals, people that are excellent in that space. We're giving you enough information to just ask some really good questions. That is the intent. We are not teaching insurance. We're not teaching, um, you know, telling you what you should do with life, health, whatever. We're giving you information so that when you go look at your policy, when you start going out and doing things, that you will jot down some questions so that you can say, what about this? What about this? Is my pet, you know, I have a dog. I have two dogs. <laughs> you know, are they covered if somebody bites them? And you said, but But you said, my dog is so cute, they're not going to bite anybody. Okay, it only takes one turn. One time, somebody get bitten and and you're wrapped. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So that's not about you paying more for it. It's making sure you're covered. We want to make sure you're covered. So we're just giving you information to ask amazing questions to people that are in this space so you can do what's best for your life. That's what we're doing here. We care about you. We value you. We value you building wealth. We don't want people to come in and take, you know, your stuff. (laughs) We're giving you information so that you and your items that you valued and paid for are protected. But more than anything, let me say this as I pass it over to Steve. This is what I'll tell you. It's one thing to hear information. It's another thing to gain knowledge, higher level. However, you don't really know, K-N-O-W, until you do. You don't really know a thing until you start doing a thing. A lot of people have knowledge. And people used to say when I was growing up, they said, knowledge is power. And I'm here to tell you knowledge is not power. You know what's powerful? when you put action with the knowledge you have, that's when you are empowered. You hear me? When you add action, we're giving you information. We're giving you knowledge. We're giving you all the stuff that's in our head. However, if you never act upon it, it's not powerful. If you never share it with another person, it's not as powerful. So we want you to Share the information. We want you to learn it. We want you more than anything to make sure that you do what you need to do to have your best life as you move forward. Steve,
0: Johnny, there used to be these two guys that they've they've been in the newspaper my whole life. Click and clack, I think, is who they are, and they're the uh, the, the, the the car guys. Anybody can ask any question they want, advice about something having to do with a car. Fixing, buying, selling, whatever you know, and uh, I feel like you and I are the the financial version of click and clack because because you know we're 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 using our expertise because we care about people and we're advising people to go get get somebody that they can listen to a little bit maybe and let me tell you we're going to talk about medical extensively next next show but remember this in medical you got to have a doctor you can trust. In insurance, you gotta have insurance agents you can trust. Banking, you gotta have a banker that you like working with. I didn't say trust, but you gotta have a banker you like working with. You should trust your banker too. I'm just joking. But but I, I want to close my part of the show here with anything that we didn't cover, we'll pick up a little more next week because it's all interrelated. But I hope people can see that the tools that we've been trying to give them for the last seven weeks or so are gonna help them make these better decisions. But I want to focus on one aspect of, uh, of, of, of a population right now: young people, fancy-free, enjoying life, putting off responsibility as long as they can, which is fine. I did it myself, you know? But if something happens to you and you get yourself in debt when you're young, or, or you make a really bad decision when you're young, it can haunt you for a long, long time. Johnny, I absolutely love the one you said about somebody with a life insurance policy and they forgot to change the beneficiary and the ex-wife gets the money. Ooh, that's awful. You know, the poor wife, the second wife that, that didn't get anything, uh, what a shock to her life. You know, that's that's the kind of life story that you meet her one day and she just tells you her story and talks about how then my husband died and we had a beautiful life insurance policy, but he hadn't changed it to me. And then I, I had to go back and move back to you know Ohio and, 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 and start all over again, and it's been hard. No, we don't want that, but here's the one thing. I know a lot of young people that are struggling financially because they don't do budgeting, they don't look at their life yet in financial terms. And they'll go without insurance. They'll go without health insurance, they'll go out with car insurance. And let me tell you, if your finances are that poor, and what I find about this population that I'm speaking to, they're usually very angry, and it's everybody else's fault, put their own. I can't help it. I don't have enough money. I'm just going to have to not, you know, I'll get the policy later. Parents worry about children like that 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 aren't making responsible decisions. But let me tell you, if your finances are bad for whatever reason, and your car insurance gets canceled, and you don't get it back as quick as possible. After the first month or two that you don't have it, you tend to forget about it. And then you'll be saying, well, you know, I, I really, you know, I, nothing's happened yet. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to get in an accident. I'm going to be really careful. When that person gets in an accident and they're uninsured, they don't have any insurance and it could be a bad accident. First of all, they lose their car if it's a bad accident. They don't have a car anymore. They have a hard time working, but they could be into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of liability that they're gonna be having to pay without insurance for to the poor family that they might've injured for years to come and their future has been totally sacrificed or destroyed, jeopardized, because of a rash decision to where Well, I don't have the money right now, and you know I'm not going to get into an accident. I'm I'm asking everyone that thinks like that, that thinks that you're invincible, that's not going to happen to you, to start paying attention to what Johnny and I are trying to do with this series. We are trying to help people have a better life through proper financial management of their affairs, and have stability built into what we're talking about. The whole idea of stability means don't just be out there not being able to afford basic insurances. One concept that I wanted to put out there is you can get car insurance if you own a home cheaper if you buy it as a bundle with your homeowner's policy. So there's so many things to insurance, but but the main one that I'm concentrating on is don't not have the ones that are... Any stable-minded person has to have. You're not going to have a mortgage if you don't have homeowners, so that one's going to be forced onto you. But but car insurance is a huge one. Medical insurance goes hand-in-hand in hand with that. I know so many people that don't carry medical insurance because they, can't, they say they can't afford it. Well, you can't afford not to. So, Johnny, uh, closing comment, then we'll say thank you.
1: Okay, so my closing comment is to continue to listen and hear, And when he was talking about the homeowners and all that, I just want to reiterate renter's insurance. Make sure you have renter's insurance. Remember the person who owns the property, because I'm a property investor. I've protected my property. It doesn't protect the stuff inside the building. That's your responsibility. So make sure that you have renter's insurance if you rent, apartment, whatever. Make sure you do that. And if you have questions, do research. Google is your friend, but just keep in mind to look a little bit lower than the first thing on the line and do some research and ask some great questions. So we appreciate you and Steve appreciate this format because this is very powerful and engaging. And uh, I hand it over back back over to you.
0: Thank you, Johnny. Uh, I haven't, I haven't thought to say it the last couple of shows, but you can reach Johnny and I at rightthink.org. You, you might be listening to the show through uh, a number of different channels that's out there, but R-I-G-H-T-T-H-I-N-K dot O-R-G, rightthink.org. Contact me and you can say, hey, Steve, no offense, but I'd rather talk to Johnny. Can you get me in touch with Johnny? I'd love to pass you on to Johnny because she's helped me. She'll help you. Well, Johnny, thanks for today. You you brought some wonderful thoughts into the into the equation here. And I look forward to next week where we talk about medical insurance and, and, and the need to have good medical insurance. Well, everybody have a wonderful week. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I look forward to being with you again next week. And remember, don't quit. Plan ahead. It will get better. God bless you and have a great week.